welcome to the JMP Cast. I'm your host, Josiah Michael Pyatt. This podcast is centered around the question what does it look like to live in our identity in Christ and to actively participate in the Father's kingdom that's in our midst? On today's episode, we begin our journey into the letter that Paul wrote to the church in Colossae. Our perspective matters the perspective we have on God, on ourselves, and on others. Join me today as we ask this question, what do you see? Well, today we're going to be looking at the introduction that Paul wrote to the church in Colossae. Before we get into it, I want us to set the stage for the context in which Paul is writing this. So Paul is actually writing this letter to the church in Colossae from prison. He has never actually gone to this church before. In fact, this man named Ephorus, who is one of the leaders of the church in Colossae, came and visited Paul in prison and told him about all the things that was going on in the church. As Paul heard this report, he, something stirred in his heart for him to write an encouragement to the church before he would go and visit him, visit them. It's important to note that when Paul wrote this letter, he was not writing it to the leaders in the church in Colossae. He was actually writing this letter for the everyday follower of Jesus that found themselves in the city of Colossae. This is important for you and I to remember because this letter was not written for leaders. This letter was written for you and me, the everyday follower of Jesus. So as we go into the content of this letter, will we remember that this isn't for some elite special group of Christians? No, this is for the everyday follower of Jesus for us to know and to show Remember, that's the theme of Paul, his letter in this, in this letter. So the things that Paul says we need to know about and the things that Paul says we need to live our life and let it show are not just for elite Christians. No, this is for the everyday follower of Jesus, for you and for me. So let's read this introduction. Let's see uh, what Paul has to say. So this is Colossians chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, and I'm reading from the English Standard Version. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy our brother, to the saints and the faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father. When you look at yourself or those around you, what do you see? How do you see yourself? How would you define yourself? How would you define those around you? When we look into this introduction, we see the way that Paul sees himself and the way that he sees others. So Paul introduces himself as an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. It's important to know that in other places when Paul is written, he said that he feels like he is the least of the apostles. A lot of that has to do with his past. You see, in Paul's past, he actually killed Christians. This is crazy that Paul, the man who killed Christians, ends up being one of the greatest advocacies for following Jesus. And despite Paul's past, when he defines himself, instead of letting it be his past that defines him, he lets the way the Father, it says the will of God, by the will of God. You see that Paul found his security in the way that the Father saw him, not in the way that he saw himself. Even as an apostle, when Paul would go city to city, like I said, he's writing this from prison. A lot of people didn't like Paul. Even in the church, a lot of them had a lot of bad things to say about him. And yet Paul didn't let what was said about him define who he was. He didn't let that change who he was in God. Instead, he defined himself by the way that God defines him. 
I don't know where you're at today and I don't know how you see yourself, but who is defining who you are? How are you seeing yourself? Are you seeing yourself through the lens of the father or are you seeing the lens from someone else? You know, some of us, like myself included, it can be really easy to let what other people's opinions be the thing that defines us. It can be the diagnosis that stays over, that's defined over our life. It can be the way that we've always understood ourselves. It can be our own definition. But in this letter, even in the introduction, there's an interdec- there's an invitation for you and I to see ourselves differently, to let the Father be the one who defines who we are. So Paul chose to not let what his past told him about himself or what others had seen about himself be the thing that defined him. Instead, he let the will of the Father define who he was. Would we as followers of Jesus stop letting others' opinions and the opinions that we have on ourselves be the thing that define who we are, but would we let and put our trust in what God has said over us? This way of seeing affected the way that Paul even saw one of his best friends, Timothy. You see, in this culture, family was only defined by blood, and yet Paul calls Timothy his brother. They weren't biological brothers. Now, that may not seem like a big deal because I know a lot of us talk about our best friends like they're brothers and sisters. But in this culture, if someone was your brother, someone was your family, there's a level of responsibility that you have to take care of each other. And so when Paul sees his friend Timothy, he doesn't see him as a friend. He sees him as a brother. Where does he get this idea? He gets this idea from God. Because God says anyone who puts their faith and trust in Jesus is now marked by a new blood. They're given a new heart and they become children of God. And so if they're children of God, that makes them brothers and sisters. So I don't know how you're looking at those around you today. I don't know how you look at those who you know that are followers of Jesus, but do you see them the way that God sees them? Do you see them as brothers and sisters? Do you have that sense of responsibility when you see other followers of Jesus? Because we're supposed to, as followers of Jesus, see each other as brothers and sisters. This isn't just a phrase. This is a, there's a responsibility that comes from this perspective. I'm going to read this next line to you. To the saints and the faithful brothers and sisters in Christ at Colossae. Now this, this is something that just, oh man, it just speaks so much to me. You see, Paul knows about the troubles that is going on in this church. In fact, this whole letter is going to be talking about lies that the church believed and the ways that they're not living up to the truth and all these different things. And yet when Paul addresses this church, he starts from the place of the way that the father sees them. You see, in, in following Jesus, it's not about working towards a new goal. It's from working towards the thing that God has already paid for us. So when Paul addresses this church, instead of addressing them in their sin, instead of seeing them from the lens of sin, he sees them from the lens of the Father. And then from that place of seeing them as sons and daughters, he then calls them to live according to the will that the Father has over them. It's an important order. It's an important distinction. So how can Paul call these people saints when they're living like sinners? It's because for those who put their faith in Christ, that they now are defined by something new. Paul is going to go into way more specifics of what it means by in Christ, but he, the only way for him to see them as saints is for them to be living in Christ. 
Now, practically speaking, there's an invitation for you and I to see our brothers and sisters in Christ as the way that the Father sees them. You know, too often, maybe you're like me, and you can be very critical against the Christian culture in the church. But the thing that I have to be so careful about, and I, and I mess this up all the time, is I can't look at the church in its sin and its hypocrisy as the f- starting place of how I define them. No, I have to look at them through the Father's lens. I have to look at them through the way that the Father sees them, that they are saints in Christ Jesus. It doesn't mean that I disregard the sin and the hypocrisy that I see, but there's something that shifts in my heart when I choose to see them the way the Father sees them. There's a burden that's planted in my heart. There's a stirring. There's, an, there's, an, there's a place of encouragement that rises up in me that instead of it being from a place of condemnation and judgment, it comes from a place of love and truth and hope and expectation for, for new things to come out of these old ways. Very practically speaking right now, if you are a follower of Jesus, we are meant to be part of a church. Now, I might offend people by saying this, but a church is not a building. It's a group of people. And so for some of us, it's going to be going to a, a, a Sunday morning service. But for many of us, it might not be that way. So when I ask this question, I want you to hear it in that light. Are you doing life with other followers of Jesus? There is no walking with Jesus alone. We are meant to do this in the context of family. Again, I'm not asking you to necessarily go to a Sunday morning because quite honestly, you can go to a Sunday morning and not be part of a family. But for some of us, that will be the context that we find our family and that's amazing and beautiful and I'm totally not against any of that. But no matter where you find yourself today, if you are identifying as a follower of Jesus and you're wanting to grow closer to him, the best way for that to happen is through the context of being part of a family of believers. And I think in this day and age, there's a lot of followers of Jesus who aren't actually part of a family. And it's so important for us to understand that there's only a certain level of depth that we are going to get to reach with Jesus on our own. So much of the New Testament talks about growing in faith and growing in knowledge, growing in in him. And it's in the context of that being manifested by the way we love, not our neighbors, but actually our family, our brothers and sisters in Christ, and then to our neighbors. So if you're not attached to a family of believers, then you're actually unable to to follow the ways of Jesus fully. You're missing a huge piece. And so can I just encourage you today that it's important for us to be part of a family of believers. Again, it can look in, it, that can look like so many different things. I mean, for my wife and I, we're, we're part of a house church. So again, I'm not saying it has to be a Sunday morning thing, but it's so important for us to be following Jesus in the context of other followers of Jesus. So I think there's an invitation here for us to grow deeper in our faith. And as we grow deeper in our faith, we will see ourselves differently, but we'll also see those around us differently. Instead of coming to the church with condemnation and judgment, we'll come to the church with empathy and compassion and encouragement. That's actually what the spiritual gifts are about, which is a total side note. The spiritual gifts are actually given to, the, to anyone who puts their faith in Christ Jesus for the building up of the church. It's not actually for the building up of the city. It's for the building up of the church. Because as the church is built up, the city will become blessed, right? It's out of the overflow of that. I hope you know that today. Again, that's a side note, but that's okay. So this final line that we see Paul says in this introduction is so cool. Let me read this to you. 
grace to you and peace from God our Father. Now this is like one of Paul's favorite lines to start and to finish his letters. But in the context of this letter, if it's about knowing and showing, these, this, two, this word, these, these two words actually almost summarize Paul's whole point of this letter. You see, grace is the unmerited, undeserving favor and love of God. It's understanding this invitation that God has for us that we can be in Him. We can experience His love despite our actions, despite the things that we've done in our life. We can put our, tr- our trust and our hope and our faith in Jesus Christ. And as we do that, we receive this grace and this love and this mercy. And Paul says, grace and peace be to you from the Father. You see, it's the Father's love, it's the Father's favor that we get to receive. But as we receive, as we know, as we experience these things, it manifests itself by us having peace. First and foremost, peace with the Father, then peace with ourselves, and then the peace with others. You see, to know and to show the Father, it, it really is summarized by grace and peace. It's to know the love of the Father, the favor of God on our life. And through that, we have peace with the Father, which then allows us to have peace with ourselves. We no longer see ourselves the way the world sees us or the way that we see ourselves. We see ourselves in the lens of the Father, of this favor, of this love. And this brings us peace that then allows us to show it to one another, to the brothers and sisters in faith and to our neighbors and to the city that we have the privilege of living in. So in closing today, would we say yes to this invitation to see ourselves the way that the Father sees us? And as we see ourselves the way the Father sees us, will we also see others around us the way that the Father sees them? Would we receive this free gift of grace, this favor, this love that the Father has for us? Would we say yes to this favor? Would we say yes to this grace? Would we see ourselves in this favor? And as we see ourselves in this favor, will we receive that peace that we now get to have with the Father? And through this peace with the Father, would we have this peace with ourselves and this peace with others? As you go out today and do whatever it is that you're going to do, would you walk in grace and peace? Father, would you fill us with your Holy Spirit? Would you fill us with this grace and this peace? Would we know of your love? Would we experience this love? Would we see ourselves the way that you see us? And would we see those around us the way that you see them? Father, we say yes to your vision. We say yes to your sight. God, give us eyes to see ourselves rightly today. Thank you for this great gift of love and of peace. We say yes to this today. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I'm honored you would spend this time with me. I hope you feel encouraged and challenged. If you're wanting to connect or looking for more resources, then be sure to follow our Instagram page at thejmpcast. I hope you will consider joining me by subscribing to this podcast as we continue to ask this question, what does it mean to live in our identity in Christ, and to actively participate in the Father's kingdom that's in our midst. Have a great day.